0: Thanks for being here, and thanks for those of you that are uh, tuning in online. I uh, appreciate you guys all joining us this morning. And uh, like Grace said, we are wrapping up this series, uh, The Experience. And as we get this uh, sermon kicked off, have you ever watched Shark Week? Right? That stuff's, that stuff's amazing. <laughs> all right? Just for... So, my wife... Loves any of those shows that have like the large animals, the whales, the elephants. And so we're scrolling through Netflix, and if we come across any of them, like we have to stop and look at it. And the, the latest one that we watched was is 72 most dangerous animals in South America, right? And and it, it was great. It was great. And so What's so fascinating to me, especially about the underwater uh, shows, the whales, the sharks, all of those things, are the film crews. Now, I've never been scuba diving myself, but I've always thought this would be uh, a lot of fun and and fascinating and uh, just beautiful as as you see some of the things that they come up with. And I'm not talking about, you know, just the thing where you stick your face in the water and you have the little tube. I'm talking like the real deal with the flippers and the mouthpiece, the regulator, the, the, the tank, the whole nine yards. That's what I'm talking about. And I got to thinking, and I did a little bit of research, because I thought there's got to be some risks involved in going below the surface that far. And I was right. If you do certain things while you're 80 feet below the surface, guess what? You're going to die. <laughs> And if you don't do certain things, you're going to die. This is kind of a morbid start to the sermon, but it'll get better. It'll get better. And some of the things that you can run into is if you're, say, again, 80 feet below the surface of the water, what happens? What do you do if you knock your mouthpiece out? Well, you can't really just shoot up 80 feet to the, to the surface. There's a lot of things that go wrong with that and surfacing so quick. Maybe if you're 20 feet down, you can do that, but not, not when you're that far below the surface. Or what what do you do if you get, get water in your mask? Now, as I was looking at this, most of the advice I saw kind of centered around, well, don't panic. <laughs> don't panic. Keep breathing. Keep breathing naturally, normally. Don't panic. And, and if you get a little water in your mask, okay, push the button, plug your nose, and blow out, purge all of that stuff out of your mask, it'll get out of there, and just don't panic, keep breathing, keep breathing. If you knock your mouthpiece out, they have this arm sweep technique that they get the regulator back in their hand, and they pop it in, and, and you just keep breathing naturally. Now, why do I tell you all that? Because we've been in this challenge, this 60-60 challenge, over the past month or so. And we're doing life with God. That's that's what we're doing. And it's a lot like scuba diving in that God offers, offers us a way to live a deeper experience of life with him as we stay connected to him. And just like we weren't meant, life wasn't meant to live 80 feet below the surface without any oxygen, life was not meant to be lived without the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we've been experimenting with in this 60-60 challenge. And if you haven't joined us yet in this, it's it's never too late. You could start now. Uh, Just go back to the hillcountry.life on our sermons page, and you can um, start looking through some of these earlier messages in this series. And start with us. Start today. And this is all about what Jesus said On his last night on earth where where basically he says, if you stay connected to me, if you stay connected to me, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. And so we stay connected to Jesus, the source of this spiritual oxygen. And he said it this way in Mark 1. He said, the time has come. He said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. And so this is interesting because Jesus taught that, that God's kingdom, this, this kingdom of God is near, that we can live in God's world and in God's ways right now. It's all around us. It's available to us. And Jesus says the way to access that, the way to access this kingdom life is we repent and we believe. Now, that word repent gets kind of a bad rap in our culture right now. Um, but here's what repent actually means. It means to change your mind. The Greek word is metanoeo, and meta means to turn or to change, and noeo means um, means mind. Yeah, that's right. So change your mind. Literally change your mind. You're disconnected from God. You're going through life, and you decide to believe in him, and in doing so, in doing that, you reconnect to God. That's what repent means, and Jesus said, it's good news. And, you know, we, we think it's kind of bad news, like, repent or God's going to get you or something like that. But, but Jesus is saying, no, no, follow me, because there's a, there's a better way of living. There's a, there's a different way to live life, and you're going to love it. Just so change your mind, repent. And so for 60 days, every 60 minutes, we're setting an alarm that reminds us, To stay connected. And that's the whole point. We kind of check our gauges to see, how did we do over this last hour? How did we stay connected? Because God wants to give us power uh, that enables us to have self-control, even when we're angry. Or a power to to resist temptation, even when the urge is so strong. Or the power to love, even like hard to love people. And there's a lot of those, right? (laughs) Or the power to experience joy, in, in the little moments of life that we, we take for granted most of the time. I mean, people, again, we were not meant to live without oxygen. And in the same way, people were not meant to live life without God. And when we go through life disconnected from God, we end up spiritually dead. Now, we've been explaining through this whole series that what God did for us through Jesus was to make a way uh, where we can get back into a right relationship with him. And so God can stay connected. We can stay connected with God's Spirit all throughout the moments of the day. And it's, it's simple. When we tell God, God, I need your forgiveness. I need what, uh, you to be God in my life. I need what Jesus did on the cross to count for me, that forgiveness. I need that. Then Jesus says, great, that's, that's all I need. Your permission is all I need. And he straps that tank on you, that, that Holy Spirit. He gives you that connection to live beneath the surface of life with him. And on his last night again on the earth, Jesus told his disciples that he's going to die. He's going he's to go away. And he says this in John 16, you, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it's best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Now, you know, we often think, oh, I wish I lived with Jesus like the disciples got to, but but Jesus in this passage, he's saying, no, there's there's something even better. There's something even better coming because When he was here on earth, he was kind of limited. He was in the form of a human, which meant only a a certain number of people could, could be close to him. But he said, it's better that I go away because I'm going to send my spirit to be with every single one of you who believes in me, who trusts in me. And in other words, every believer has been given this oxygen tank, this Holy Spirit, God's presence with us, and he's always there. But I imagine any good dive instructor is going to tell you that, yes, living with God and living beneath the surface is, is simple. You just keep breathing. You just keep going, keep moving forward. You just keep staying connected to him throughout the day. But I also need to let you know that there are some things that can go wrong, some things that can cut off your oxygen. Now, the first one is this. Believe it or not, we just forget to breathe sometimes. We just forget to breathe and it sounds crazy, but I, I, think, I think I've seen a ton of people do this. And I've done this myself. We just forget to spiritually breathe. You know, we put on the tank, we give our hearts to Christ, our, the Holy Spirit's there, and then we just kind of go about our life as if God doesn't even exist. And it's crazy. We forget to listen and we forget to respond to God's promptings throughout the day. We forget that he's there to help us and God wants to help us, but, but he doesn't breathe for us, does he? He doesn't breathe for us. We have to choose to breathe, meaning we, we align our hearts and our minds and our will to listening and responding to him. That's what we've been talking about uh, so much in this series. And when we do that, when we respond to the, the prompts that he gives us, he, he guides and he leads. And we get to encounter him. We get to, to be with him. And God wants to do life with us. He wants to help. He wants to lead. He wants to guide. But he won't breathe for us. So we have to stay connected. And it might look like this, God, is this your will? Is this what you want me to be doing? Is this what you want me to say? What, what, are, you, what are you trying to tell me? What do you want me to hear right now? What, give me the power to respond in this next minute, this next moment. Give me the power to respond. And that's what we focus on. Jesus said, if you stay connected, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, nothing. And so this is the one thing, the only thing we have to do. But it's so difficult to remember to do that. But it's freeing when you realize that you don't have to change and try harder to heal yourself from this this sin issue that we all have. You don't have to try harder and change yourself. That's what Paul was saying in Galatians 5, um, that you don't have to try hard to heal yourself. When we do that, when we're just on our own trying to do our thing and get better and better, that's like trying to live at 80 feet below the surface with no oxygen. It's not going to go well. And so Paul says this in Galatians 5. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. You won't just naturally keep going that old way. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, Basically, daily life, right? It's the the real lives of Jerusalem. He's saying, look, all of these things are just fruits of us going our own way, our natural way of being, disconnected from God, but you don't have to try really hard to quit that. Just stay connected. Stay connected moment by moment with Christ, and those things are going to start falling away. And instead, the Holy Spirit is going to start producing in you uh, this kind of fruit, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Right? When we try to muscle it out, when we kind of white-knuckle it and try and change ourselves, it's not going to work. But as we stay connected, all these old things start to fade away and these new things start to come in. That's how God heals us. That's how God grows us. I actually started this challenge uh, months ago. Of with the alarm and all that kind of stuff. And it's inevitable that the, the buzzer, the alarm, goes off at exactly the wrong moment or exactly the right moment, depending on how you look at it. It's like right when I'm so wrapped up in everything I'm doing or right when I'm really annoyed with my kids and I'm about to say something I'm going to regret, bzzzt, bzzzt, bzzzt. Hey, God's with you. I'm like, gosh, God, I don't want to do this right now. I want to be like justified in my annoyance and in my grumpiness right now because it's not my fault. It's their fault. I didn't do anything. They did this stuff. I'm here. I'm here to help. It's like, okay, if all of that is true, which it's not, I'm the blame in all this too. But even if that's true, God, you're with me. What's the next right thing you want me to do? What's the next right thing you want me to do? And then we do it. And then what's the next right thing you want me to do after that? I started noticing that those things were happening more often than I'd like to admit. But the truth is, and some of you are going to hate this. The truth is we fail more than we get this right. We fail more than we get this right. And that's true of all of us. So how do we deal with that? How do you deal with sin that kind of knocks you off course? And that's a very important thing. Not only do we forget to breathe, but we have that regulator in, that thing that's, that's feeding this, this, this air to us. And sometimes we sin, we knock it out. And so what do you do? And we'll look at what Scripture says in Isaiah 59. It says, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor is ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from, God, from your God. And so it's important to understand that before we ever realize we need forgiveness, sin separates us from God relationally. And it's not the way he intended us to live. It's not the way God God wanted it. And that's why Jesus, he paid the greatest price to reconnect us relationally to God. We need need him for that. And we tell him, I need your forgiveness. I want you to be God of my life. That relationship gets uh, restored and reconnected. And God gives us his spirit, the the oxygen tank of, of his Holy Spirit that's with us always. He says he'll never leave us. He says he'll never forsake us. And so when we sin, does our relationship with God get cut off? No. But the oxygen from God does get cut off. And so when we sin, when we do those wrong things, it doesn't cause God to leave us. He's there. He's always there. He's never going to leave us. The oxygen is still flowing But we've knocked it out. And so what we have to do is simple. Put the thing back in, right? That arm sweep. Put the thing back in and purge. Get rid of all of that bad water mixed with the the air and just start breathing again. Move forward. This is really what scripture talks about in 1 John chapter 1 when it says: if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins. He's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And so let, let's think about that for just a, a second. See, if we think I've got to be this perfect person for God, you're deceiving yourself. Or if you think I, I've got a promise that I'm never going to do that again, you're probably going to do that again. Let's be honest. You're deceiving yourself. That's like trying to do it by yourself, living life by yourself at 80 feet below without any oxygen. And after we sin, the next wrong thing that we do is we feel all this guilt and all this condemnation. And so we turn away from God. We run from him. And we keep trying to breathe without oxygen. We run from it. But he says, no, that's not the way I want you to live. He says, confess it, admit it, purge it, blow it out. That's what confession is. You're getting rid of it. You're saying, okay, God, I realize I did wrong. You know, I I admit it. And that purges you of it. And he's already forgiven you. He's already paid for it. And so thank him for his forgiveness. You don't stand condemned. You don't stand guilty. And you start breathing again. Holy Spirit, why did I turn away from you? Why did I do that? And maybe you even want to do it again. Isn't that kind of a weird thing? God, I'm sorry, but I'm probably going to do this again next weekend. See, I think the greatest growth I've seen is when I stop trying to hide it. And I say, God, you know, I screwed up. I'm sorry, I admit it. And you know what? I still want to do that thing, whatever it is. And maybe I will do it again next weekend. And I don't know why, God, I need your help. And we stop hiding and we get rid of it, we give it to Him. God, I'm stressed what do I do? That's how you keep moving forward. So as we're doing this 60-60 experiment, you're going to fail. And you may fail a lot, but fail forward. Don't quit. And if you quit, I mean, have have any of you like set your alarms and then they stopped going off for some reason? I, I would pause them whenever I preach, and like a week would go by before I realized I didn't reset them. And I'm like, gosh, God, I... I've been doing this for months now and I didn't even realize it, that I wasn't connecting with you during those, those moments for like a week. But that's kind of the point. Our habit is going through uh, life kind of ignoring God. And this helps us get back on track. So uh, you just start over. Set the alarms back up. Get back on track. The, and there are other apps that I've been uh, told that, that help with this. There's PrayMinder that will put up prayers that you put in. Throughout the day, just to remind you to pray for people and pray, pray for things, or God thoughts so will we'll do the same thing with scripture verses. And there's so many things that we can put into place to help us stay connected with God. And as you're doing this, here's what's gonna happen. You're this is how you're gonna grow. You're gonna go along and the watch goes off or the alarm goes off, and you're gonna check your gauges. How how did I do this last hour? How did I kind of abide in God's love? This last hour, how aware was I of how much God loves me and that He's doing life with me? And sometimes I can just get all stressed out and worried because stuff that happened at work or stuff that happened at home, and I realize, gosh, I, I I didn't think I breathed for the last hour. And so I confess it, God, I forgot. I'm I'm worried. You tell me not to worry. You tell me not to stress. So forgive me. And then maybe a scripture verse comes to mind where, where Jesus says, come to me, all you who are burdened and, and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest for your soul because my, bird, my yoke is light, my burden is easy. And you realize, man, I've been doing this wrong. I've been living life wrong. So I start to breathe again. Holy Spirit, how, how can I do the next right thing? And what was stressing me out was this future I don't even have control over. So God, I give that to you. I trust you with that future. What's the next right thing I can do? Where are you leading me? And you do it. And then what's the next right thing? And you do it. And it's freedom. It's freedom. That's how you grow. As we wrap this thing up, there is a bit of a warning for all of us. We sometimes get to a place in our walk with Christ where it's like the best spiritual season you've ever had and you've ever experienced. And some of you can think back on that moment or that season of life. But here's the, here's the warning. It's impossible to sustain that indefinitely. I mean, you can't always feel um, as close to God as you did the day you got baptized. You can't, you can't feel the same fervor that you had when you went on your, your first global missions trip to Mexico or to Cambodia or wherever it is. You, you won't always have that, that deep hunger to read God's word like you did maybe in college when you were... You were being discipled by somebody. Or maybe even at the end of this year, you may not be as on fire for God as you were doing this 60-60 experience or the challenge. But Paul says you can move into something deeper. He says you, you can have something more sustainable. He says where the Spirit of God is, the Spirit of God, he takes up residence in your heart. And where the Spirit of God is, there's freedom. And he continues this work day by day, month by month, year by year, transforming you. And he says, and we are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. So how is that? I mean, what, what's our part in allowing the Spirit to continue this work of transforming us into his likeness? Even when we don't feel the intensity of relationship anymore, that mountaintop experience. Well, it says, we keep turning to him. We keep turning to him. We keep turning to him. And we maintain that spiritual connection. Then we reflect. We, re- we reflect it out to the world, that God's glory out to the world. It's turning your life and will, minute by minute, over to, over to him, over to the power of God so he can continue to heal you and continue to, to grow you. And since it's impossible to maintain that, that mountaintop experience, there may be a time where, where you have kind of a letdown, where you kind of slide back in to old patterns of behavior or old sins. And so we maintain by doing these practices over and over and over again. It's about reflecting your life change, sharing your life change with other people. And so if you find yourself doing that, go back to the alarms, go back to the apps, whatever it takes to maintain that connection, to remind yourself that God is there, God loves you, and he has this power that he wants to give you, this this tank of air that he's he's giving you. Put the thing back in, confess, blow out, purge out the bad, and start breathing again. And you're not going to get it perfect. You're not going to get it perfect, but God's with you even then, even when it's not perfect. So trust them and move forward and don't give up. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for how, how much you love us. God, we can't even fathom how much you love us, but that's that's why you created us, to do life with us, not, not for us to go through life trying to, to figure it out on our own, trying to do life our own way. The things, the things we hate most about life happen when we try to do it our own way. And so, God, continue to challenge us uh, with this, this process of doing life with you, moment by moment, day by day, month by month, year by year, as we allow your Holy Spirit to transform us into who you intended us to be into the people you intended us to be that are filled with love and joy and peace and patience and all of the fruits of the Spirit. God, we love you. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right. We wrapped up the experience, but that doesn't mean it's over. So keep going, set those alarms, and do life with God. We'll see you next week, guys. Thank you.